Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Three and a half games out of the wild card, two games under 500. Folks, I've got butterflies flapping in my belly like they're trying to get out. The air outside smells fresher, my pancakes taste sweeter. And I have a smile on my face everywhere I go. This feels different, folks. The rebuild is working. This is just a great feeling, a different feel. We're not used to this. It's been years, folks. I mean, we've all been trying to support each other, support the Orioles. And that's what the difference is right now. You know what I'm saying? It's not that we're just here to support the Orioles, even though they're 50 games under 500 and they're 122 games out of the wild card. We're here to support them. No, we're rooting for a team who's fucking tearing it up right now, and we're enjoying every damn day of it. Hell yeah! I love it. It's excited. I'm pumped. The Orioles have the longest win streak in Major League Baseball right now with seven in a row. Buster Oni, you can suck it. Get out of my way. I'm talking about the Orioles. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> they became the fourth team in the last 20 years to win three straight games in which they trailed entering the ninth inning or later. <laughs> they haven't won seven in a row since 2017. This is fantastic, folks. What's happening? Welcome to Full Count Chaos. Hit me up, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at Full Count Chaos. We're all having fun just watching the Orioles. I know there's you know a bunch of dickbags out there saying, well, yes, the Orioles are playing against garbage teams. Let me explain something. Orioles used to be that team on that schedule. Well, when teams like the Rangers, the Angels, the White Sox, when they're in a slump, they look at the schedule and go, thank God, we're playing the Orioles. We can win three, four in a row. Get back on track. Nope, like I said last week, they're coming into town, kicking you in the teeth, taking a dump and heading out. They're winning these games with small ball, long ball, hit and run, suicide squeed, double steals, home runs, all the good shit. Fan graphs, they're going, uh-oh, watch out, here come the Orioles. <laughs> they have quadrupled their playoff odds since opening day. 0.1% when the season started, now 0.4%. Here we come, folks. Holy hell, this week, I mean, this week was an amazing week of baseball. Third Orioles walk-off in five games, eighth of the season. When you're watching these guys, they could be down by eight runs. It's in the eighth inning. You're going, don't worry, they'll probably score nine. (laughs) If they don't, they'll probably just lose by one. It's incredible. Hyde said this week, he goes, I feel like our team comes to the ballpark feeling like we're going to win. He said, that's a different feeling. I'm not sure that's been in the clubhouse for the last few years, because of our pitching. <laughs> he just flat out says, well, yeah, pitching has sucked. So basically, he feels like we have in the past few years. Orioles pitching prior seasons has been a fucking nightmare. But since June 19th, Orioles starters have a 2.21 ERA in 17 games. Oh, my God. And that Friday night game, that walk-off, I mean, just orgasm central. My wife and I were both watching the game together. And it was flat, was it, I almost said flappy hot night, floppy hat night, you get that straight. And it was three to nothing up until the seventh. And my wife said something like, man, it's a shame. You know, it's like, it almost looks like a sellout crowd, boring game in front of these folks. They're probably not going to see a winning game. And I just turned to her and say, you haven't been watching the Orioles that much, have you? Just, just sit tight. Now, again, I'm not trying to talk a big game like I knew this was going to happen, but you just have that feeling in your gut that, hey, Until that last out in the ninth inning happens, don't go away. Like I said last week, don't go anywhere. 
That Friday night walk-off was just incredible. I mean, in the ninth inning, to walk that off, there's two outs. Nobody was on base. Odor comes up, starts that off. But each batter to win that game had two strikes before getting on base and then walking it off. Two strikes, two outs, and they just said, nope, nope, game's not over yet. Game's not over. This is just incredible. And you can see it in the players' faces. They're just having fun. I mean, they're look, they're playing a kid's game, making millions of dollars, so why wouldn't you have fun? But they feel the vibe from the crowd, from the players, just from uh, sports media. I mean, Barstool Sports talking about the Orioles a lot. You've got uh, MLB posting stuff on Twitter all the time, showing highlights, and ESPN putting stats up with the Orioles, a winning seven in a row. It's exciting, and we're here to see it. And uh, we can say, look, we've been supporting each other since day one of this bullshit rebuild. But, you know, you're going to call it a bullshit rebuild now if they continue to win. Look, again, I know a lot of us were getting extremely excited. There's still 2500. Who knows what's going to happen at the end of the season? Um, I don't mean to throw negative Nate here at you, but I mean, yeah, they could w- lose 10 in a row and then shit the big. What I'm just right now, this feeling is fucking fabulous. I'm loving it. A lot to get to. Some emails that came in. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Uh, by the way, hope all your uh, limbs and fingers and toes still attached after after the 4th of July. I uh, hope everybody was safe. <laughs> Thing about the 4th of July, look, I had fun. We took it easy. Fireworks uh, in my neighborhood. They let off fireworks everywhere. So when we sit on our back deck, we're like front row. So I had a good time. Some cold brewskis. Some fireworks. Called it a night. But... That the next 24 to 48 hours videos that come out of uh, <laughs> people just fucking themselves up with fireworks. You know, all the texts I get the next morning, the YouTube videos. I mean, half of the, those videos are brutal. Half of them look like the, the beginning scene from Saving Private Ryan. Everyone's looking around for their limbs and fingers. Holy shit. So <laughs> it's just it's amazing. What are we? 2022. And there's still knuckleheads who are like, no, I'll be fine. Holding this bottle rocket between my ass cheeks. Nothing will happen. Come on. YouTube's been around for how long? You should know what happens at this point when you fuck around with fireworks. Anyway, so yeah, hope you enjoyed that. Hope everybody was safe. Uh, Shout out to Birdland, by the way, on Twitter for having fun during these stressful games. They've been winning seven in a row, but all of them have just been stressful. Extra innings, walk-off home runs, walk-off hits. You know, I know half of Birdland, just like me, you're pacing back and forth. You're on the edge of your seat. And to relieve the stress and the anxiety of everyone tweeting, making each other laugh, I just have a good time. So shout out to Birdland on Twitter. We're all in this together. <laughs> it's a lot of funny fuckers on Twitter who are Oriole fans. You guys make me laugh. Have a good time. Uh, at <laughs> Rubo Dan, he made a funny tweet about my uh, Bay Bridge nightmare. I guess I tweeted something silly about the stress. Of this, I forget what game it was about making my stomach hurt. And then he tweets about, well, thank goodness you're not driving over the Bay Bridge. I like that. A little shout out from uh, tuning into one of the episodes talking about my Bay Bridge fear. Chitting my pants, which I have an email. Somebody wrote in, wanted to uh, tap in on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, just you know, trying to get through these stressful games and everyone on Twitter just having fun. You know, Birdland, you're the shit. You guys crack me up. Uh, here's an email from Ava, PG County. She wanted to write in, try to give some advice, <laughs> to, some serious help, actually, to help me out with my fear of driving over the Bay Bridge and not shitting my pants. Again, very childish fear, but 
we can do. Uh, she says, since I was a kid, every time I would approach a bridge, my heart would start pounding and I would have a terrible panic attack. My stomach would also get very upset. I would be terrified of crossing bridges and cars. Uh, still get a little queasy, she says, when approaching a bridge. Still hate driving over them. I went to therapy for about a year and it helped my fear along with other crap going on in my life. You should talk to someone. It sounds like you have a tough fear of bridges that cause you a great deal of anxiety. Well, Ava, appreciate the email. She got serious. She's like, all right, you know what? Shit in your pants. It's not a funny game. We need to get therapy involved with this guy. Look, my fear really is just about shitting my pants in traffic. I swear it has nothing to do with crossing bridges. I cross bridges all the time in my car. It's just something pertaining to, because I've had experiences where I'm stuck. When you're stuck on a bridge like the Bay Bridge and your stomach starts hurting, I mean, you know, maybe it has to do with, uh, what is it, Um, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Maybe that kicks in every time I'm in traffic and I'm on a bridge. But if you didn't hear last week, you know, my fear, again, what is it, uh, drowning, uh, very claustrophobic and, and shit in my pants on the bridge. I don't think that's what it is. Again, Ava, that's very nice of you to write in, give some advice pertaining to my fear that you think I should go to therapy. But no, I I swear it has nothing to do with crossing bridges. If it's five o'clock in the morning, no traffic, I'll zoom right over that bridge. No problem. You know, I'm not sure I'd pay good money to see a therapist about my (laughs) childish, idiotic fear of shitting my pants in traffic. Hey, Doc. Hey, Nate. Uh, appreciate you coming to see me. What can I do? Well, I have a fear of shitting my pants on the bridge. What can you do for me? Go. Doctor, you know, therapist would look back at me and like, you know, w- w- what is this? The goal to save some, uh, uh, save some money going to therapy is just, if I'm going to go over the Bay Bridge, you know, like going to Ocean City, do it way earlier in the morning or, or late at night when you know there's not going to be traffic. Easy peasy. It's about it. <laughs> She got deep. She's like, therapy. It works. And look, I have nothing against therapy, by the way. It helps out a lot of people that I know personally. I, I'm just saying, for something like this, I think it's a little less dramatic. Anyway, I uh, appreciate the email. Here's another email from, uh, I swear there's a name. Oh, here it is, from John. Appreciate the email, John. He's uh, writing in from Towson, Maryland. Uh, John says, Hey Nate, I noticed a couple weeks ago, you were all excited talking about how the Orioles are getting competitive and that causes you to get a baseball boner. Now I didn't say that. That's obviously an inside joke last week, bumped into a guy in the theater who told me he had a baseball boner. So anyway, don't want to get that mixed up. (laughs) He says, he continues. I've heard you on the other episodes talking about how you couldn't stand when Duquette would talk about how he just wants to be competitive. Why all the competitive excitement talk lately? That's from John. Appreciate the email. John, there's a big difference. Having a team good enough to play in the World Series and grab a title and then rooting for a team that you're barely hoping to win 75 to 78 games. Okay? See the difference there, John? During this rebuild fuck bucket, we just wanted this team to play like a major league team and be competitive. Okay? In a year or two, I'm not going to keep saying that. I'm not going to go, oh, we just want them to be competitive. See what I'm saying? I mean, this year they were supposed to still shit the bed. Of course, a lot of us are drinking the orange Kool-Aid, hoping that they were going to be a winning team. But just them being competitive right now, I'm okay with that, especially what we've been going through the, for the past four years. 
But I was so angry with Duquette. I mean, we, we have a team that they're putting money in, and the players, and, and let's go out and, and get the title. And he's just going, we just want to be competitive. <laughs> Mushmouth. That's the difference. So I, I hear what you're saying, John. But in about a year or two, I am not going to sit here and go, hey, it's fun that they're competitive. No, I want to win the whole fucking thing. Oh, boy. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. But I get what John's saying. It's, it's nice that you're tuning in and, and paying attention to little details like that. But like I said, about a year or two, nope. Better start winning the whole fucking thing, like they say in Major League. What was uh, What's his name? I'm trying to think of his real name. Drake, Jake Taylor, the catcher. But wait, Tom Berenger, when he sits there, he's like, well, there's only one thing to do. Win the whole fucking thing. I, that scene always gives me goosebumps. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole fucking thing. Yes! But I appreciate the emails. Thank you very much. And, you know, we'll see how this uh, competitive talk continues. <laughs> because if they keep playing like this in September and they're like a half game out of the wild card and they're, they're making a run, you know, that might quickly go away as well. Me going, oh, I just want them to be competitive. No. Win the whole fucking thing. All right, moving on here. I want to, uh, just again, just talk about what happened this week. I mean, weird win Monday, July 4th. You know, hey, the saying, just win. Doesn't matter how, just win the damn game. Here we are again, talking about how they're down 5-2, to two, and this team ain't quitting. I've said it before, don't go anywhere. You know, Five-run inning for Texas. Now, the Orioles were up that day. They were up 2 to nothing, And then, five-run inning for Texas. That sucked. Like, well, there goes that. Orioles get some runs back, ties the bitch up. Let's go. Jorge Lopez shitting the bed again, giving up a home run to Simeon. <laughs> Just, you know, oh, I've never seen so many fuck Lopez tweets in the matter of 30 seconds in my life. <laughs> Everybody was furious, and they should be. You know, the, of course, the talk is going, why is Hyde giving him, you know, more games? He. he Get him out of there. He shouldn't be closing gate. Look, you know, it's easy to say when you're a fan, but when you're a manager and you're trying to just build the confidence in a player that you know can do better, you're going to give him some chances. More chances than your average fan will give him. <laughs> your average fan, the first time they blow a save, you're out of there. You're off the team. <laughs> don't, I don't even want to see you anymore. Uh, when caught up in the moment, look. We could, sports fans can be brutal. We're crazy. I say it all the time. Sports fans are absolutely crazy. So when shit like that happens over and over and over, yeah, you, it, things are going to be said. <laughs> I'm a fan of Jorge Lopez, and you can go back on my tweets. I was never a, I was always a gentleman talking about Lopez, but boy, oh boy, if it was going to be one more say, uh, blown save like that, that would have been, what, the fourth one matter of a week? Yeah, probably some things would have come out that I wouldn't have been proud of. But the uh, Orioles down a run, bottom of the ninth. Here we go again. Rushman comes to the rescue, ties it up with a double off the right field wall, scoring Ryan McKenna. That guy's a fast fucker. I'm sure, if he was even on first base, he probably would have went home. Of course, the reason I say it's a weird win, you've got bases loaded, and you've got your worst batter <laughs> coming up, Mateo. I mean, I'm telling you, man, even if you could get his average up to 230, 235, man, guy would just be a dominant player. Unfortunately, he's far from it. But every now and then, you see signs of Mateo. You go, hey, wait a minute. 
He's looking all right. He's not swinging at that five-foot slider down and away, <laughs> five feet off the plate. They're going, all right, this guy's working on shit. He's going to look all right. And then the next game, there he goes. Oh, for four. If you could just get his just work on that bat. Right now he's batting at 192. So he's a little away from getting the average up to 230, 235. Let's start with that and go from there. But again, he is a uh, career 217 average hitter. So Lord knows what's going to happen with the guy in the bat. But uh, bases loaded, bottom of the 10th. Again, you've got your worst batter coming up. <laughs> and boom, Mateo looked like a wounded soldier when he got hit. He looked like he was getting escorted by the uh, soldiers, you know, in war. Uh, <laughs> escorting him to the chopper for safety. It's like a movie. There's dramatic music in the background. Come on, we're going to get you to the chopper. <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, my God. Hyde even had a look on his face like, all right, I'm happy. I'm celebrating. But shit, is Mateo okay? Because, I mean, the ball hit him in his knee. And if something cracks or, you know, you got knee injuries, man, who Lord only knows how long you're going to be out. So Hyde, I think we were all sitting there. We're all like, you know, all right, we've won. And then you're like, uh, is he okay? And and then you, I think you see him give the thumbs up. And it's like a movie where he, you know, gives a thumbs up and everyone goes, yeah. And it's, you know, whatever. The, the happy music starts again. But the Orioles were two for 11 with runners in scoring position that game. The beginning of that week, the Orioles were seven for 54 in those situations over the prior eight games. Shit wasn't happening with the offense. It's like Friday night. I mean, obviously they won, but it was three to one. Runners uh, first and third, no outs. And the Angels were playing back. They're playing the double play. They're like, all right, you can have the run. We'll still be up by one, but we want the two outs. Couldn't even put the bat on the fucking ball. Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Oh, that's oh, just infuriating. But Kramer pitched that day, July 4th. The, hey, look, I got to give it to Kramer. He, he's been killing it lately. Uh, before that game, uh, the last four starts, 22 and two-thirds innings, without giving up a run. But boy, did he shit the bed that day. <laughs> look, everyone does it. Everyone has a... Uh, Shit in the bag kind of day. Four and two-thirds inning, eight hits, five earned runs, gave up a home run, had four strikeouts, but walked two batters. I'd said this ain't going to work. But again, the offense bailed him out. Of course, they won with uh, Mateo getting <laughs> getting hit. I mean, what, what what a nutty game. Uh, and then Tuesday comes around. You're still feeling the high of that walk-off. You're like, that was just insane. Tuesday's game was just an absolute shit show. What the fuck did I just see kind of game? That was insane. You know, uh, you're seeing the bull. The bullpen has been was struggling last few games. They were taking some dumps, you know, with Jorge Lopez giving up uh, walk offs and the bullpen giving up the lead. The bull <laughs> in Tuesday's game, you want to talk about bullpens giving up the lead? They had a four run lead. This was in one game. The Orioles had a four four run lead, blew it. Three run lead, blew it. One run lead, blew it. They still win the game. The Orioles are the first team in Major League Baseball history to allow a game-tying or go-ahead home run in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning and yet still win the game. This is crazy. They're just they're <laughs> used to them breaking records of terrible baseball, being like, oh, I don't want to hear about that. You know what I mean? But these stats lately that we're seeing from the Orioles just in the past couple weeks are like, holy shit, man. Shit's happening. And God bless Santander for bunting against the shift that game. I mean, just a beautiful bunt. He said, you want to give me a hit? Boom. I'm going to put a beautiful bunt right down third baseline and get on first. You know, Chris Davis might still have a career right now if he decided to do it. That pissed me off how he used to always say, 
post game, before games, whatever kind of interview. He's like, I'm going to start bunting. They're going to give me the shift. They're going to give me that field wide open. I'm going to start bunting. Never once. Maybe he attempted one and, and fell it off, but that was it. Anyway, enough of Chris Davis. That's the most I want to talk about Chris Davis, especially on a time like this with the Orioles and what we're seeing. Let's uh, talk about Cedric Mullins for a moment. Over the past month, 333 average, 385 on base percentage, 495 slugging percentage, 880 OPS. Are you shitting me? Now, that game Tuesday, the 10 to 9 win, the Orioles given up the lead about 462 times that night. The offense was just insane. So, Cedric Mullins, I'm just going to get on the list real quick here. This is just so stupid. Three for four, two doubles, a single, two walks, three RBIs, two runs. Mancini, double, single, walk, RBI, run. Santander, he went two for five, two uh, singles, RBI, and a run. Now, Rushman, it's funny, man. He went 0 for 4 that game. But every time he comes up the bat, you just stop what you're doing, man. The guy's in control, okay? Things are going to work out. He's been hitting big hits in late games, pinch inning, coming in. He pinched hit the other night. What was I think it was Friday. Just like a standing ovation. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Anyway, so yeah, Rushman 0 for 4. Uh, Urias, 2 for 5. Two singles, two RBIs and a run. Odor, one for five with a home run, RBI and a run. McKenna, two for four with a home run, uh, single, walk, stolen base, three runs, RBI. And then uh, Mateo, one for four with a single, stolen base. But that home run in the ninth inning that McKenna hit to tie up the game. I mean, are, are you kidding me? Just everybody is participating in helping this team win. Doesn't matter who's up to bat. Unless it's Nevin or Chirinos, but no, I'm kidding. It doesn't matter who's up to bat. You feel like something's going to happen right now. The swagger, shit. The swagger is off the charts. You know what I'm saying? All right, Wednesday's game. Now, that was just a normal game. The Orioles won 2-1. to one. Uh, Not much offense happening. Orioles scored in the bottom of the second, and then that was basically like, that. that's it. Spencer Watkins, who I'm going to talk about here in just a moment, was like, I got this, guys. Don't worry about it. You know, if I give up a run or so, we'll be okay. And Jorge Lopez comes in, shuts it down. Orioles win two to one. You're like, all right, that was kind of like a normal game. Orioles also that same night, Orioles prospect D.L. Hall uh, pitched (laughs) six innings pitched, 14 strikeouts for Norfolk. He gave up three hits, one earned run. Let's go. What are we? We're only in July. Bring them up. Bring him up. Then you've got Thursday's game. Just just a normal win. You know, we didn't have to go to extra innings. Didn't blow a bunch of uh, leads. Didn't have to have a uh, batter get hit with bases loaded to win. Uh, Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles doesn't give a shit about your feelings. Doesn't care what you think of him. He's just out there to say, you know what? I'm getting paid to do a job, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to eat some innings. 15th start in 20 games with fewer than two earned runs allowed. Again, just doesn't give a shit what you feel or what you think. <laughs> because most of us are like, oh my God, Jordan Lyles, why are the Orioles picking him up? He gave up the most home runs last season. What are we doing? What are we doing? We're taking five steps back. It's not what the Orioles need. And they're, well, again, you, an innings eater. Yeah, sure. Because they, boy, did they burn out their bullpen last season. But, oh boy. So Jordan Lyles, Thursday, six innings pitched. One earned run, four strikeouts, only walked two. Had a hell of a game. Jorge Lopez, again, here he comes. 
closes out another game. So here we go. We're starting to see the old Lopez. You know what I mean? That that new Lopez shit in the bed, shit in the bed Lopez. That was that was a, just a quick blink of the eye. It's already gone, right? I hope. Adley Rushman. That was his first home run in Camden Yards, and it's a shame. I remember talking to a buddy going, man, that first home run that Adley hits in Camden Yards, whoever catches that ball is probably going to sell it for like a grand on eBay the next day and someone's going to buy it. There's always somebody who's got lots of money willing to buy shit like that. And of course, (laughs) when he hits it, no fan gets it, just hits it off the top rail in the right field, which again is a home run. I'm assuming they gave the ball to, to Adley, right? Like here, put this in a case, tell your grandchildren about it, enjoy it. Or sign the baseball for charity, but first home run in Camden Yards, nobody gets it. But anyway, that day, Adley, Rushman, Trey, who's been killing it. Trey's got a 281 average right now with a 773 OPS. Of course, he's got eight home runs, but if they didn't uh, move the wall back in Camden Yards, he'd probably have about 56 home runs by now, but I'm perfectly fine with them pushing the wall back. I'm one of the people who uh, I feel that was a good move, in my opinion. But his uh, last 30 at-bats, last seven games, he's batting 300. So these guys are just ripping it up, having fun. And three and a half out of the wild card is just, it's just fucking ridiculous to say right now. And I remember talking a couple weeks ago, being like, well, we've got to, uh, it's going to be tough. Got to jump over the White Sox. You got the Rangers in your way. You got the Angels. Boom, boom. Boom. They just jumped over all three of them in the past couple weeks. They've got the Guardians and the Mariners in front of them. The Guardians have a uh, 500 record, 41 and 41. The Mariners are 43 and 42. And of course, there's the Orioles, 42 and 44. Now, who's in the three spots? The Blue Jays, 45 and 40 record. It's just ridiculous how the Orioles are just (laughs) like, all right, fuck it. We'll win seven in a row. Let's do this, guys. You ready? Okay, let's go. All right, well, I think it's ironic for me to say right now, hey, let's uh, look at some happy moments, the glass half full. But as you know, lately every week, I like to point out a couple players during the week who we got to give credit to. It's well overdue. Oh, yeah, it'll be very uplifting. Happy, 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 happy. All right, just want to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. So go check them out online or social media. Go to sportsdrink.org or you can open Instagram and type in sports drink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. All right, the first guy I want to mention, want to give props to, who I truly thought I was never going to say this name, is Spencer Watkins when talking about giving props, happy moments, half uh, glass half full kind of conversation. But, you know, the other night, pitching against the Rangers, like we just talked about, career high, six and a third innings pitched, three strikeouts, only one earned run. His changeup, his curve, his slider, fastball, everything just seems more crisp. The guy's definitely working. Guy's definitely reading Twitter. It's like, you know what? Screw this shit. I'm going to prove everybody that I can do it. Since returning to the rotation at the end of June, and when that happened, I remember just rolling my eyes and being like, are you kidding me? Sent out a couple texts, like basically just said, shit, he's back. 
But since coming back in the rotation at the end of June, he has a 102 ERA and a .85 whip through 17 innings. <laughs> and again, I was definitely one of those fans on Twitter throwing out garbage tweets when he would pitch. And of course, some people would tweet back and say, oh, this tweet didn't age well. And I'm perfectly fine with that. If I look like a jackass at the end of the day, end of the week, end of the month of tweets I've been putting out about a player, I'm perfectly fine with that because at the end of the day, I want everyone to do well on the Orioles. I want them to win. So I don't care. We all do that. If a player doesn't play well and we remember them not playing well, (laughs) yeah, we're going to talk some shit and be like, oh boy, here we go. So I was perfectly fine with looking like a jackass, (laughs) throwing out some tweets about Spencer Watkins before he went out uh, a couple weeks ago and pitching again. Perfectly fine, but that's pretty badass. 102 ERA with a .85 whip through 17 innings since he's been back. So hopefully he keeps going. Uh, Perez, I got to give Perez some some props, man. The guy, of course, I mean, yeah, duh. You're probably listening to this like, yeah, this would have been weeks ago. He's just been killing it. He hasn't allowed an earned run in his last nine appearances, covering eight and a third innings. I mean, Thursday, stressful situation. Hyde's like, all right, who can I count on? Perez, all right, come in. I need you to, uh, I need no more hits, no more runs. Can you do it? He says, yeah, hand me the ball. So what does he do? Comes in, strikes out Otani, strikes out Taylor Ward, walks back to the dugout, easy peasy, nothing to it. His ERA is currently down to .96. His record is 4-1, 125 whip. Now, if you look at his last 25 innings pitched, his ERA is 1.07 with 24 strikeouts. The guy is just killing it. This is a guy that you can count on in the bullpen during stressful moments in the game. The guy just has the confidence just glowing as he comes in. You know, when he has the ball in his hand, shit's going to happen or shit won't happen. He's not going to let it happen. So those are the two guys. Next week, we'll see uh, other two guys. If, if you have, look, it can be moments. It can be innings. It can be games. I mean, for God's sakes, I should. I feel like I've just been doing the happy moment the whole episode, giving the whole team props. But if you got someone on your mind that you're like, hey, we, we, we got to give the, this guy credit, you know, lately. Uh, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. But here we are, folks. Orioles are two games away from playing 500 ball in July, you know? Get your baseball boner, whatever you want to call it. Shit in your pants. You're so happy. It's happening, folks. This is fun baseball. So I want to hear from you guys. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Like I say, hit me up on Twitter at Fullcountchaos. I'm there most of the games, those stressful ones. Let's have some fun. Let's help each other when we're pacing back and forth. (laughs) Just getting through the games. Because these wins are fucking fun right now. All right. Till next time. See you.